Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. and happy 2019. Welcome back to Better Food Stories. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. I am so excited to be back on the podcast. If you have been following along, uh, you probably noticed that I took a break during the second half of December uh, to celebrate the holidays. I had my mom in town and a few friends back home in Miami um, that I spent some time with. So it was a really, really nice break from a very busy uh, 2018 and then of course naturally I got sick and if you notice in my voice I'm still a little bit under the weather but doing much much better and I just wanted to take some time to say thank you to all of you who have subscribed and who are listening 2018 was such a great year from a business standpoint I am so excited to have launched this podcast. It was something that I wanted to do for a really, really long time. And we are already 12 episodes in. We got our five-star rating on iTunes since launching in October and have had such amazing guests so far. If you haven't listened to all the episodes yet, definitely go back. Um, There are some really, really great conversations to be heard. Um, But apart from that, 2018 was also my biggest year um, for my freelance business. Um, As many of you know, I am a freelance content and copywriter for food and hospitality brands. And 2018, thanks to some really great mentors, I probably will talk more about this later on or do a post on it on my website. Thanks to some great mentors, 2018, um, I was able to double my earnings from my freelance writing, which is really, really, really exciting. And I have so many things planned for the upcoming year, and I'm so excited to just be back in the swing of things. So in the spirit of new beginnings and success and, um, you know, great things to come, I... I'm super excited to kick off 2019 with a fantastic guest, Samantha Abrams. She is the founder of one of my favorite healthy snack brands, Emmy's Organics. And for any of you who are not familiar with this brand, they are best known for their gluten-free vegan coconut cookies. You can find them in Whole Foods. You can find them in Starbucks and 22,000 other retailers across the U.S., And I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. This business was started with a coconut cookie recipe that Samantha started making and selling in farmer's markets. And now the company is in 22,000 retailers. This was such an amazing conversation and I'm so grateful that Samantha spent some time chatting with me. Um, you're really going to love this episode. And before we go into the interview, I just want to remind you that show notes are available for this and every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast on my 
website, audriagreenhoff.com. You can also look me up on Medium at Audrea Greenhoff and find all the show notes to every single episode. So with that, I will stop talking and I will let you listen to my interview with Samantha Abrams of Emmy's Organics. Samantha, welcome to Better Food Stories. I am so excited to have you here on the show. Thank you for having me. I first want to say that I have to tell you, I am a fan of Emmy's Organics since I first discovered you guys at Starbucks. Um, I love, love, love the dark cacao uh, coconut cookies. They're so good. Thank you. That's my favorite too. Yeah, they are so good. Um, I know that there's also a really interesting story behind how this brand came to be, which I can't wait to dive into. Uh, But before we tell the sort of origin story, for anyone who might not be familiar with Emmy's Organics, why don't you start by telling us what this brand is all about? Yeah, okay. So um, Emmy's Organics is um, a gluten-free vegan and non-GMO certified snack food company. We specialize in creating treats that are simplified with um, high quality ingredients and just a delicious um, taste. You know, the biggest, that's the biggest thing I'm just focusing on how delicious our product really is. Fantastic. So I know the company was actually inspired by your now husband, Ian. Tell us that story. So, um, so Ian has a lot of food sensitivities, um, even still, you know, he has to be very careful about what he eats. And really the biggest thing is he has to keep his diet very simple. He can't do a lot of, well, any gluten, dairy, soy, even like irritants, like garlic and onions can be a little much for him sometimes. And so he had actually created the recipe for our coconut cookies as a need for a treat for himself. Um, and so he actually taught me how to make this recipe one night, and that was really the origin of, of Emmys, is just we realized how simple and delicious this cookie was and what would it be like if we were to put them in a bag and share them in, in like, the local co-op in our town. I love that. So tell me about some of the ingredients that you're using and how your products sort of differ from other gluten-free or vegan snacks that might be out there. Sure. So, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is that we're not using any kind of like fillers, artificial ingredients, uh, stabilizers. You know, there's a lot of really tasty and maybe not so tasty gluten-free products out there, but they do have, a, a lot of them do have a lot of kind of funky things in them. So um, we really pride ourselves on just ingredients that everyone can pronounce and just know what it is. Um, So coconut is, you know, the biggest ingredient in all of our um, flavors. You know, it's the first ingredient on the listing. Um, And that's something that we love coconut just in general. (laughs) And um, we've been using kind of the same supplier actually this whole time. And I even got to go and visit our supplier in Sri Lanka in 2012 so it's actually a while now um but that's been a really big part of our our brand is just this this coconut and just it really inspires me just the whole plant and I've learned a lot about it um but we also use other ingredients like coconut oil almond flour Himalayan salt cacao we use raw cacao powder in our chocolate which is why it's so good um and yeah yep 
I love that. So how did you, so right now for anyone, you know, who, who isn't familiar with your brand, you're by no means a tiny company. You're in 20,000 retailers nationwide. You have a team of 33, but I imagine that this is quite different from where you were when you started a decade ago. Um, tell me about that idea. So, you know, your, your husband had this need and you had this recipe how did you go from that idea to really like setting the wheels in motion what did you first do to kind of start getting this um, product out there yes yeah, so, well and also just so you know like we still feel like a very small brand like we are very like close-knit family-oriented company so um, you know it just that's totally the vibe of you know we feel like a a, a family company but um so when we had the idea, we were we had no experience in, you know, the natural foods industry or sales or even like running our own company. Um, so we basically just found a bag and put the product in there. Um, Ian has some graphic design skills and so he made a very simple label and we made a very simple price sheet, just kind of guessing what our, you know, costs and what's the retail uh, suggested retail price should be. Um, and we also at that time looked at how we could get our home kitchen certified. Mm-hmm. We actually used Ian's mom's home kitchen at the time and her nickname is Emmy. So that's where Emmy comes from. Oh, A lot of people wow. always ask that because yeah. my name is Samantha. Um, and so we got, at, I don't even know if they offer home processing licenses in where we live now, but um, we were able to get one, which meant we could, you know, sell a product in a store and so we went to um two local small stores here in Ithaca and basically just kind of pitched our product and I mean the the community here in Ithaca is like the reason why we live here I mean it's just so supportive and awesome so we were very lucky that people were really open and excited to kind of have a local company you know local new local product in their store Sure. And um, when you were yeah. pitching it, was it um, was it the kind of like gluten free vegan that that was sort of the the differentiator, or what was your you know kind I of? I think it was um, especially back then. Um, there really wasn't much like gluten free was not even popping off yet. And so there were just the idea, I think, of a, a better for you, delicious, gluten-free item was exciting for the stores. And also we had a grab-and-go item, so it wasn't like a big commitment. Um, it wasn't like this big expensive product that like might not sell. I think um, they, I don't know, it seemed like they believed in us. And it really, it, our product did sell, which is why we're still in business. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> No, the landscape has changed so much in in such a short time. I too um, suffer from food sensitivities. For me, it's particularly with wheat, and it comes out in my skin like in rashes, and I have like you know whole skin issues related to that. And I remember about I would say yeah, about 10, 12 years ago, I saw a nutritionist for the first time who made that suggestion about why don't you cut out wheat? And I remember thinking, is you know, is this guy crazy? Is he out of his mind? I couldn't fathom the idea because there weren't so many brands like yours at the time. And right. do you think that there was a fair amount of educating uh, your customers? And how has that changed uh, over the last decade? 
Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible, actually, to... I've been able to witness the the industry growing and changing the way that we have because it really like the timing of us starting the company none of this was planned or strategic but we really did start at a very interesting time when um you know gluten-free just started becoming more uh, you'd see it more in the media and how it was helping people um with different different um issues like feel better and so um yes in the beginning just there was a lot more education on just what that meant gluten-free because a lot of people didn't really know what that was you know or what had gluten and what didn't um but now it's like that's not really what the educating is the educating for us is like look this is actually delicious. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm focusing on delicious. That's my campaign for 2019. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, and they are delicious. Delicious. Um, no, I. But it, it is it, the whole. Edu- yeah, the education. People ask such different questions now, um, and it's actually really cool to see how our product has still stayed relevant. You know, like now, um, a lot of people are looking for grain free, which you know back when we started the company that our product has always been grain free, but it was not something that people were asking about. Right. Um, so it's actually been really cool to see how we've been able to kind of cross over to these different lifestyles as kind of trends and food needs have changed over the past nine years. Talk a bit about brand identity. You guys obviously have a strong brand identity. I don't think you would be um, in as many stores and have as big as of a reach as you guys do without one. Um, can you tell me what is your when it comes to your core message? What is it that like the major thing that you want to communicate to your audience, and how has that affected? your website and your packaging and your social media, which by the way, your Instagram is so beautiful. I love all the photography on there. It's really beautiful. How has it affected all of that? And like, what is the the message that you are hoping to resonate with your audience? Right. Um, that's so great. And it's something that I feel like we're always evaluating and trying to improve, um, just as we grow. But I think in general, at least with our branding, like at the core message is that we want to want to get across is that, um, clean, you know, just simple. And I think we do, um, share that, show that in our packaging because it is very minimal and clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, transparent um just with you know the types of ingredients that we use and also just like friendly and fun we're actually in the process of kind of redesigning the back of our package which this probably won't be out until like the later part of 2019 but we've been kind of upping the ante on the copy that we put on the back of the pack to kind of show more of our our personality Um, because right now it's really nice like we have some descriptions that we wrote ourselves and that's great and you know it it talks about the product and a little bit about our company but we want to share just the more like fun aspect of our personality as a company on our products so um, that's something that we're definitely working on improving for next year Um, and just as far as like the website and social media um, you know, we've always been 
I think just for personal taste for both Ian and I, like clean and bright um, in general, we're always kind of attracted to that with packaging and photography and all that. So um, that's that's definitely I see it on both you know our website and social. Sure, I think so. that it definitely coincides with each other. And like I said, the the images that you guys are using across the board, uh, especially of, of the recipes and stuff that you guys share are really, really beautiful. So congrats. Oh, yeah, I really love on social media how, you know, we can show how to use our product, you know, whether you're just like grabbing a package to have with some coffee or, you know, as a dessert, but like, you know, there's all these fun things you can do with the recipes and turning our cookies into a crust. And yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. What do you think is the most um, exciting thing of being in today's food landscape? And then where do you think there might still be room for improvement? Mm. Um, I think the most exciting thing right now is that I've seen just so many simple, simple products come out as of late. Like, um, you know, some of the almond milks and um like puddings like I've seen just so many great products that are like made with ingredients that I personally love um you know or even like some like chips now like potato chips made with coconut oil or avocado oil like it's just really cool to see the innovation and just like the simplicity that is in some of like I think some of the more popular products that are coming out um that's great also so much awesome packaging like I just love I mean I think just being in the industry for so long I just love seeing innovation with both products and packaging um I think that where there's improvement needed is in the the greenwashing of products really bums me out um when you know I don't know. I, I actually don't know how you can improve that. I understand why a very large company, you know, wants to make something look healthier than it is. But I think in general, like, yeah, there. I think there's room for improvement on just transparency in general. And um, I know there's been a lot of discussion around that with, um, like, labeling genetically modified foods and stuff. But, um, yeah. Sure, I definitely would agree. Like I mentioned, um, you know, earlier when we first got on the call, I definitely think that there is so many, you know, brands that are really going back to simple ingredients. And like I said, when 12 years ago, I was looking for things that maybe didn't have wheat and, and things like that. It's it's such a different landscape. And I think that it's exciting to see so many options and, and companies like yours that are just really being transparent about what's going into the food and how it's being made. Yeah. Thanks. I think so too. It's cool. It's been really fun to be a part of it and to watch and, you know, support a lot of my friends in the industry as they're growing. And that's been great. Yeah. So you also mentioned, um, in our call and also in our email exchange that this is the first company for you and your husband Ian, um, which I think is really cool. What did, what were you doing before starting Emmy's Organic? And was owning a business always the goal? Um, yeah, that's great. So, well, our both mine and Ian, like our paths are very different. Um, for me, um, 
I started Emmys, it was, I think, a little over a year after graduating from Ithaca College. And um, I had studied theater arts management and minored in dance. So it was a combination of business and theater. I was really excited about doing marketing for the arts. Um, And that's what I thought I was going to do. But I ended up staying here and I basically had a few odd jobs. I was working at um, a cidery, like a winery, but they make hard cider. And I was working at a restaurant and I was kind of just like taking my time a little bit because I had looked at a lot of jobs and nothing had really felt right. And to answer your question, no, um, running my own business was not my end goal. I had, I didn't know that that was something that I wanted. Um, but it wasn't until we kind of started doing it and it was like a side project at first, but once we realized that there maybe was really something there, I felt like I never really, I don't know, it just felt really right. Um, and it wasn't until even after that, that I kind of put together that I actually grew up with a lot of entrepreneurs around me, um, like my dad and my mom even, and my I have two uncles that are entrepreneurs. And so it wasn't until after we had started, like Emmys was somewhat established that I was like, oh my God, how did I not even consider that that would be something <laughs> that I wanted? Um, so I always think that's so funny and how, you know, it must have impacted me to be in the place where I am now, you know, or to be able to, you know, do this. Um, But no, I never thought that that was something I wanted or that, you know, that was not the goal. Um, Ian, though, he had had a lot of other professional experience, um, not some in the food world, um, certainly not running a company or even doing like manufactured packaged products. Um, But he had some restaurant experience Um, And he actually helped open this restaurant in New York called Organic Avenue. They did a lot of actually juice cleanses for people. And he kind of helped um, them get off the ground. And then he ended up in a career in like graphic design. And so when he had moved back to Ithaca, he was still working for that graphic designer um, remotely. And so it was not, certainly not in his plan to do something like this either it really just like was a fun thing that 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 turned into something so that's really cool though it is it's very cool because I think that a lot of people when they're saying I'm gonna start a business and it's gonna support me and it's gotta you know like it automatically puts all this pressure on you to for it to look a certain way and, you know, and for us, like we didn't have that because we really did see it as like this side project. It wasn't our only job at the time. And so, yeah, I think that that was really nice (laughs) for us. Um, Not to say that people who say I'm going to start a business, like they're not successful because obviously so many people are, but. um, Do you think there's anything that particularly surprised you now that you're 10 years into running your own business? Has anything particularly, you know, been different than you thought or, you know, any lessons learned? Oh, God. Um, I mean, I think everything is different than I thought. I feel like I'm challenged and surprised and 
you know, almost at this point, I just expect for things to change and for me to have to learn something different. Um, so I'm not necessarily as surprised all the time, (laughs) but, um, I've learned so many lessons. Like we've made so many mistakes and in like a positive way, you know, where we've obviously not anything so detrimental that we had to close our business, but, um, we've made lots of mistakes, whether it's with like contracts or machinery or with employees. And, um, you know, we've really had to learn it all and we still do like that. And that's certainly our mindset because, every phase we go into, it's something new and different. And, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's been like, I'm just always learning. That really is how I see it. I love that. So a lot of the people who listen to the podcast are either, you know, food business owners like yourself or, you know, food bloggers or influencers. Is there any particularly particular piece of advice that you might have for someone who might have an idea sort of brewing in their mind, but isn't really sure, um, you know, where to go with it? Right. Well, I think the first thing is to, um, not keep your idea to yourself. Um, I think that the more that you talk about it with like friends, um, or maybe colleagues even, um, it helps kind of bring it to life in a new way. Um, also, I, I mean, in general, I just want to say just do it because you will never know until you try, I think. But there's a lot that's such a, like, cliche thing to say, but it is so true that, you know, no business is going to start unless you start it. Right. Um, and... Yeah, there's a lot, I mean, there's so much <laughs> that I want to say right now, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I like just, you can learn the lessons and I think it's, it's almost harder, like I said earlier, when you have these expectations of what it's supposed to look like. I, I'm just, I'm way a proponent of the saying, start before you're ready because you will never be ready yeah. ever. I think that's solid advice for sure. Yeah. Start before you're ready. That's kind of similar to just do it, but just you'll never be ready and you'll never be prepared. And so I think a lot of people wait a long time to uh, maybe have the type of like funding that they're looking for or the right logo or whatever. And it's like, we literally printed our labels on a home desk jet printer and we did not have a sexy label. We did not have (laughs) sexy anything. And we were just able to, like, get the product in stores and start selling them, you know, getting feedback from people and, you know, just, like, bringing the teeniest amount of money in so that we could, like, buy more coconut and, like, you know. Sure. So, um, yeah, it just, it was not sexy when we launched it. And, yes, we grew the company, like, on the slower side because, you know, it has been nine, almost ten years. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's all... It's all so different. And you know what? Like, if we were starting it now, you know, like I'm in my early 30s, um, I imagine that my needs would be different than they were when I was 22. Um, 
So, you know, there was, I guess, yeah, I, I under, I feel that like, so I know sometimes I'm like, start before you're ready, but maybe you're in your thirties and you have a mortgage to pay or a car payment and, <laughs> or like a kid or two. And, um, it definitely changes the situation. So like, I totally feel for those people and almost feel like I understand why start before you're ready might be a little scary. Sure. Um, but I still think it's possible. Yeah. Just you know, like you said, put an iteration of your idea out there and it doesn't have to be perfect and go tweaking. Right. And you can always fine tune and improve and learn lessons. And so, yes. And maybe start on the side. Maybe not drop everything and, and quit your job and, you know, liquidate yeah. your 401k if you have one. <laughs> right, right, right. Cool. Which is like, yeah, totally. Well, this has been super fun. I've had a lot of fun talking to you and getting to know uh, the brand. Before we wrap up, I want to switch gears and do some fun sort of rapid fire style questions. Are you up for that? Sure. Great. Okay. So number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why? Um, I love, I like Mondays. I like a fresh start to the week. I know a lot of people don't like Mondays, but I, I like, you know, kind of restarting every week. Fresh start Monday. Number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you watched? Um, I've been addicted to this Australian show that you can watch on Hulu or Netflix called Offspring. It's like a total, like, kind of like a chick drama and there's like five seasons of it, so it's just going to go on forever. But it's really funny and great, and I like laugh and cry all the time. <laughs> oh, I'm writing that down because chick drama sounds right up my alley. I haven't seen that, but I'm going to look for it. There's like family in it, and the woman's like a um, obstetrician, so there's like babies, and it's just there's everything. I just it's been really fun to watch. <laughs> cool. Okay, number three. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, um, chocolate, um, sushi, and broccoli. Okay, I like it. Yes to all three. And number four, what's one thing most people would never guess about you? Um, probably that in high school and college, I was, well, I was trained as a belly dancer. And in college, I taught belly dancing classes no to way. people. Yeah, I was lucky that where I took dance, that was offered. And I it was like Middle Eastern dance, so I learned a very traditional um, form of Middle Eastern dancing and then I was able to teach it in college as like a gym class which was really cool so I like had this side job teaching belly dancing at the gym that <laughs> is so cool I have to tell you that I I used to dance as a kid and I remember in like probably middle school uh, I remember that was when Shakira became like really big in the um, yes. kind of I think maybe her first English song came out and I remember seeing one of her music videos of her dancing and I became obsessed and I wanted to take belly dancing but there was nowhere at the time in you know my area that had classes 
And yeah, I know. It was always it's, like a like a dream, like a bucket list item that I would learn how to belly dance like Shakira. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I loved, yeah, I was so lucky that it just, we had that. And it was definitely taught in a very, like, traditional way. And I learned a lot of history about it, you know, when I was in high school. But it was never, like, presented in this sort of, like, sexy way, which I think it does come across in, like, pop culture. But yeah. I, like, it was a very cool opportunity you know I you know I, I think in the time at the time I took it for granted but I was really lucky kind of yeah. jealous I love that maybe it's it's not too late it's still on my bucket list to learn yeah well I haven't been practicing <laughs> much dance at all over the past few years and it's something that I really miss and I've been thinking about ways I can just bring it back in a very light way yeah because um, I miss it yeah Cool. Well, this has been great. Um, before we kind of wrap up, where can people learn more about you and Emmy's Organic? So, um, well, you can find our products nationwide in stores like Whole Foods, Sprouts, um, CVS, Starbucks, you mentioned, um, and a lot of conventional grocery stores like Wegmans, Hannaford, um, you know, etc. And um, you can find, you know, a store near you by going to our website. Um, we have a store locator. You can type in your zip code. And then on our website, also, you can buy our products um, and also on Amazon. And, um, you know, it has on our website and also social media definitely shares a lot about our story and a little bit more about our products. Love it. Wonderful. And definitely, if you haven't, for anyone who's listening, check out the Instagram because it's so pretty. I love it. Yes, and sometimes I make my own guest appearance on our stories. <laughs> oh, look out for that for sure. 